Anitra Gunn had a harrowing question. What if her desperate plea for help was ignored? On this episode of No Tears for Black Girls, we'll uncover every detail from the moments leading up to her death to how her killer tried to escape justice. This is Samantha Paul. Thank you for joining us. Anitra Lachey Gunn, born to Christopher Gunn and Melissa Sharehouse on November 6, 1997. Her mother, Melissa, would not make it to see Anitra graduate high school or attend Fort Valley State University. She had been taken away in a car accident in 2014. Anitra was vibrant and musically talented, with the promise of a bright future ahead of her. That was before Valentine's Day, 2020. The last day anyone saw or heard from Anitra was between 1 and 2 a.m. on that tragic night. Her father told news outlets that he had spoken with his daughter earlier in the evening, a bittersweet sentiment, being the last time Christopher would ever hear Anitra's voice. At 8.11 a.m., she sent a perfunctory message declaring her abiding love for him. But a fiery passion would no longer ignite what had been between them. Her revelation of gallivanting off with a strange man in tow only deepened the dark cloud that hung over him. Fear and desperation consumed Christopher as he unsuccessfully sought out clues to her whereabouts from trusted confidants. He even contacted the Fort Valley Police Department on Brother Antoine's behest after his attempts to reach his daughter were ignored. But it was all for naught. Police conducted a welfare check on her apartment, however, Anitra could not be found. To gain any information on where his daughter might have gone, Christopher reluctantly reached out to Demarcus Liddell, who was Anitra's current boyfriend, and an army sergeant stationed at the nearby Fort Gordon base. Demarcus admitted they had spent the night together in Chameleon Boulevard, leaving early next morning when Anitra was due at an interview, though he bravely allowed Christopher to view his home via FaceTime during his investigation. On the 15th day of February in 2020, Christopher and his family filed a missing persons report at Fort Valley. Then Christopher's son spotted a white Chevy Cruze Sands front bumper. Anitra's purse was found inside, but her keys were missing. Two days later, Christopher offered his daughter's DNA to the police in order to help with their investigation. Suddenly, he received a ransom-demanding text that morning. It asked for an aid grant and warned him not to show anything about this to the police if he wanted to see his daughter again. Little did they know Anitra was already dead. He never responded, and her body was discovered the following day, strangled to death in a wooded area along Greer Road. The murderer's car was found nearby with a dented bumper. One day after finding Anitra's corpse, DeMarcus was arrested for slashing her tires and breaking her apartment windows on February 5th, but it had nothing to do with her murder. At the time of the incident, police questioned Anitra, asking if she knew anyone who could have carried out the heinous act. She firmly replied, no. When pressed further, Anitra insisted that she had not had any issues with anyone. The authorities then charged DeMarcus with a single count of premeditated murder in connection to Anitra's sudden death. Law enforcement continued their investigation by interrogating DeMarcus and Anitra's friend, Jivon Abron, over her demise. He allegedly lied to detectives twice about his involvement in the case, resulting in one charge of concealing a death against him. Two years later, in March 2022, DeMarcus Little's murder trial began at the Peach County Courthouse, presided over by Judge Connie L. Williford. DeMarcus's attorney, Benjamin Davis, tried to argue his innocence, insisting that if he were indeed capable of committing such a crime, it would have been clear through his past behavior. Prosecutor Neil Halverson painted a different picture, 
painting an image of an often tumultuous relationship between DeMarcus and Anitra. DeMarcus was the puppet master of a relationship that was spiraling out of control. His ruthless threats and manipulation made his presence known in every room he entered. As prosecutors focused on what led up to Anitra's tragic murder, Tracy and India King took the stand to testify their side of the story. It had been around 11 p.m. on the night before Valentine's Day when DeMarcus had picked up Tracy and her sister India with Javon driving. Anitra hadn't ridden with them, but joined the group once they arrived at their destination. The trio then drove to Anitra's house on Church Street in Fort Valley, where they dropped off a couple. Unknown where the time was, but the horror wasn't over for Anitra and her date just yet. According to eyewitness accounts presented by prosecutors, the couple had gone to a local Waffle House in Byron at around 2 a.m. on Valentine's Day. But as far as anyone knew, this was the last time they were seen together alive. DeMarcus and Anitra left in his new truck, but it was the last time anyone saw her alive. According to DeMarcus's aunt, Cherie Tolbert, they went to her home on Chestnut Hill Road before Anitra's death. Prosecutors presented evidence that DeMarcus confessed his love for Anitra, only to be rejected by her scornful laughter. In a fit of rage, he struck and strangled her with his bare hands. Cherie Tolbert claimed she never heard any commotion as she was a heavy sleeper. After killing Anitra, DeMarcus hid her body in the trunk of her car and drove to Greer Road in Crawford County, where he covered it with debris. Investigators tracked DeMarcus's phone to the woods where they found her body, and his palm prints were found inside the car and trunk on the day it was discovered. Javon testified against DeMarcus in court, revealing chilling moments leading up to Anitra's death. Javion was there to see when DeMarcus dragged her lifeless body from his car in Crawford County. It had been smashed in a gruesome accident when two men drove it into the woods. That's where they dumped her. The autopsy report showed it had been manual strangulation and her neck bore abrasions, her forehead bruised, and her lips swollen on either side. Even more heartbreaking than the injuries were the intakes of blood in the whites of her eyes. He testified that the injuries to her face were clear, telling of a story of physical violence and trauma. There were bruises all around her mouth from someone pressing their hand over it, no doubt to muffle her cries as she was choked to death. Her skin had been discolored a few shades darker than the rest of her body, and crescent-shaped markings on the left side of her neck were likely made by fingernails, leaving an imprint on the corpse as her killer strangled her. The medical examiner said that these marks could be told apart from post-mortem scratches from when the deceased attempts to free themselves. Though they couldn't definitively say it was what happened in this case, they believe it could very well be so. The medical examiner was then cross-examined by the defense, who brought attention to Anitra's weight. She weighed 188 pounds at the time of her autopsy, while Mark weighed 154 pounds, thus making her heavier than him. So, they argued that since she was 30 pounds heavier than him, it could be suggested that she could have been strangled by someone much heavier than her as well. During the trial, David Howard testified about his relationship with her prior to her death. He said they began dating in early February 2020 after meeting at a restaurant where she worked across the street from the barbershop he worked at. They started talking on Snapchat and then moved to texting. Things got worse. As the night of February 4, 2020, progressed. David and Anitra had spent a passionate night together, but what was meant to be simply a night of bliss only led to calamity. At around 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning of February 5, 2020, the two were abruptly awoken by an almighty boom. 
Surprisingly enough, the window in their room was smashed to pieces and her tires were set ablaze. With these events in place, it was no doubt that Demarcus, Anitra's ex-lover, was the perpetrator of this abhorrent act. His rage further revealed itself as Sierra Stewart, friend of Anitra, recounted experiences she saw proving his controlling and abusive behavior, such as when he yelled outside her home when she wouldn't answer his calls. The prosecution pulled up text messages sent from her phone to David shortly before her death, which seemed like a diversion tactic given. She was already dead. Messages ranged from questions about where he stayed to even asking him to break up with her. It was alleged DeMarcus threw away Anitra's phone into a drainage pipe to get rid of evidence. In defense, DeMarcus took the stand himself. However, his story was proven false and with all incriminating evidence added up. It was no surprise when the jury sentenced DeMarcus for her murder. On that fateful Tuesday, March 15, 2020, the jury handed down a verdict of guilty on DeMarcus for the charge of felony murder. Judge Williford sentenced the young man to life without parole. Heartbroken friends and family members of Anitra could only experience a bittersweet moment filled with sadness, knowing they would never again gather around a table for one of her famous birthday parties or bask in the joy of holiday celebrations and family activities. If you enjoyed this episode, please show your support by following, liking, sharing, and leaving a positive review. Until next time, be love, be blessed, and stay safe, y'all.